episode 66 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about September 2019. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media or just talking to a friend in topics such as Walmart, the federal income tax, the wealth tax, gold and sound money, or the idea of a social credit score comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner, which is available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean.com. The video versions of the podcast are now uploaded to YouTube, BitChute, and Brighton.com. If you're listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, please take a moment and scroll down on the podcast page and give it a five-star rating. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations would be used to drive awareness of the podcast through Facebook. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com. Finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. For the month of August of this year, Dave Rubin went on a month-long sabbatical from the news. Glenn Beck hosts his return show where Beck asked Rubin a series of multiple-choice questions about news items from the month of August. I thought it was hilarious hearing some of the crazy, real news items read to Rubin who invariably thought they were false, and vice versa. So during the course of the month of September, I started jotting down some of the bigger news items with just a little commentary. And it turned out to be quite an amusing and nice refresher of the month we just lived through. That's how the idea to create a monthly podcast called The Truth About the Month that just concluded came to be. I hope you enjoy. The month started with another mass shooting in Odessa, Texas, but the story did not seem to have the staying power of the other more recent shootings. CNN hosted a seven-hour climate change marathon with the remaining candidates for the Democratic nomination for president. Conclusions drawn from the forum included the banning of fracking, coal mining, nuclear power plants, plastic straws, beef, and offshore drilling. We learned that Bernie apparently favors eugenic-style abortion in the third world. We also learned that climate change is, quote, kind of a sin, end quote. Gold hit $1,550 an ounce. Silver hit $19. The former ended the month at around $1,470. The latter ended at $17. Hurricane Dorian hit the U.S. The Bahamas were devastated. There was significant flooding in North Carolina and South Carolina. President Trump wrestled with the media for over a week about his claim that the hurricane might impact Alabama. The football season started. College football is as popular as ever. NFL stands have lots of empty seats and lots of second-string quarterbacks starting games. The city of San Francisco declared the National Rifle Association a domestic terrorist organization. Former Pittsburgh Steeler wide receiver Antonio Brown orchestrated his exit from the Los Angeles Raiders and conveniently landed in New England alongside Tom Brady. Then he got accused of sexual assault but paid off the accuser. Then he caught a touchdown pass in his first game. Then he was accused of sexual assault again. And then he retired from the NFL and... Then he supposedly re-enrolled in classes at his alma mater, Central Michigan University, several weeks after class started, while simultaneously preparing a lawsuit against the Raiders. Republican Dan Bishop beat Democrat Dan McCready in a special election in the 9th District of North Carolina. The mainstream media built it up for days as a referendum on Trump and promptly stopped talking about it after the results came in. Pamela Anderson appeared on The View and schooled the ladies on the truth about Julian Assange and the American warfare state. If you haven't seen her appearance, I highly recommend it. The Democrats held another debate between their candidates for president. 
Nothing too crazy happened other than Biden's dentures almost fell out of his mouth. It was revealed that Bernie's health care plan canceled private insurance. Apparently it's on page 8 if you want to confirm. Good news for the Bernie Madoffs around the country and larcenists, embezzlers, and drug dealers. One candidate suggested an end to the imprisonment of nonviolent criminals. We were told that Medicare for All will not increase middle-class health care costs, despite several published studies pointing at the opposite conclusion. One of the Democratic presidential nominees offered a blatant vote-buying scheme on national TV, announcing a sweepstakes for $1,000 a month to 10 families for a year. All you have to do to be eligible is to register on his website. We were lectured to by Beto that the country was founded in 1619, not 1776. Some candidates are in favor of mandatory confiscation of legal firearms from private citizens. One candidate suggested that the Senate filibuster be eliminated. My guess is once the Democrats retake control of the Senate, the opinion of the same candidate will change. One candidate called Donald Trump a white supremacist. Apparently anyone who supports Trump's enforcement of immigration laws is a racist. And finally, we were told that white Americans are the root of all evil, that America is a racist country, and playing quote-unquote records for your babies will improve their SAT scores. Trump fired National Security Advisor John Bolton. Someone bombed a Saudi oil refinery in a drone attack. All the war hawks in D.C. were pushing for war with Iran. I always wonder if these hawks have children in the military. The New York Times published another uncorroborated hit piece designed to assassinate the character of Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh. Then the New York Times published a humiliating correction. A majority of the Democratic presidential nominees, lamestream TV outlets, and loony leftists in Congress issued calls for the impeachment of Kavanaugh anyway. They totally disregarded the inauthenticity of the story. A whistleblower came forward with something supposedly on Trump and the Ukrainian president during a recent phone call back in July. Wall-to-wall coverage on the mainstream media ensued, and they explored an indictment or impeachment of Trump. But then, as the story aged, Joe Biden's disgraced son, Hunter, kept coming up. It seems that Biden used his position as vice president to land his son several cushy, highly paid positions, including on the boards of companies in which he has no expertise. Biden also admitted to strong-arming the Ukrainians, threatened to withhold foreign aid if they did not fire a prosecutor that just happened to be nosing around one of the companies that Hunter was involved in. Then the Democrats decided to pursue formal impeachment of Trump before hearing from the whistleblower. Then Trump released the transcript of the call with the Ukrainian president, which demonstrated no quid pro quo as he had been accused of. This turn of events did not, however, stunt the Democrats' impeachment efforts. In fact, it only accelerated the process. Pick your favorite analogy. The die has been cast. The train has left the station. More to come on this as the desperate Democrats try to ouster the president by accusing him of things that they themselves have done. Meanwhile, Trump continues to be afflicted with foot-and-mouth disease, while at the same time continuing to harass and antagonize his opponents. If you like political theater, you're in heaven. Former Obama Attorney General Eric Holder suggested that the current AG, William Barr, needs to appear neutral and impartial. This coming from a man who once described himself as Obama's wingman. The Federal Reserve began more quantitative easing as overnight liquidity dried up. The repurchase market required intervention from the Fed as rates increased above the Fed's fund's targets rate, another indication that the Fed is losing control over interest rates, which in my mind is a good thing, but this stuff spooks the markets. Check out episodes 27 and 28 for more on the Federal Reserve. A bunch of juveniles took to the streets of Washington, D.C. and screeched into microphones calling for all the grown-ups to fix global warming. A very angry 16-year-old self-proclaimed 
climate change activists from Sweden threw a tearful climate tantrum at the United Nations and glared at President Trump as he took to the microphones. GM workers staged another strike, demonstrating that the union, whose actions sent countless auto assembly jobs overseas, the same union that pushed the company into bankruptcy only to be bailed out by the federal government, has staged another strike. As Forrest Gump would say, stupid is as stupid does. The 71st Emmy Awards ceremony was held, with no host, of course, because no one is woke enough or void of any perceived offensive infractions that would enable them to host the award ceremony. Record low ratings ensued. Turns out Americans are sick of being lectured to about climate change, the gender pay gap, and transgender rights by a bunch of overpaid loony leftists who, for a living, read words written for them by other people. Trump addressed the United Nations. That never gets old. Watching him chastise China and Iran while the representatives sat there stone-faced was just delicious. Trump proclaimed, the future does not belong to globalists. The World Trade Organization needs dramatic change. The second largest economy in the world should not be permitted to declare itself a developing country in order to gain the system at others' expense. I mean, if you're going to fund this dysfunctional, corrupt organization and let them take up space at some of the most expensive real estate in New York City, the least we could do is get a Trump bashing once a year. So, that was September 2019 in a nutshell. We've arrived at the part of the show where I announce the winner of the inaugural TruthQuest podcast Most Influential Newsmaker of the Month Award. I think I'm going to go with Antonio Brown. I get it that Trump sucks the air out of the room, so to speak, but what Antonio accomplished from a news-generating standpoint over the last 30 days was quite remarkable. I'm giving him a slight nod over Trump. Congratulations, Antonio. If Central Michigan was smart, they would hire you as an adjunct professor to teach a course on public relations or personal branding. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.